Hey guys, welcome to podcast GK Tech Pros. We are today talking about the ownership in the digital age. Um, we have a few different dis- discussions regarding tech and uh, ownership um, in the age that we're in today. Um, the first thing I w- was going to, well, I want to know your thoughts, John. Um, I want to start off asking you about uh, Xbox. Um, I heard, I heard okay. some uh, rumors about Xbox and how they might be, kind of seems like they're going to ditch the, uh, the Xbox eventually. And uh, what are your thoughts on that? Uh, so rumors are flying around right now that Xbox yeah. is going to get out of the console game. Um, now, some of this... Speculation started actually a few months ago when uh, the Xbox CEO, uh, Phil Spencer, uh, came out and said that um, that Xbox is in third place, basically, when it came to the console wars and that they lost the console wars. Um, That's fair. Then, yeah. So Nintendo's outsold them. Uh, PlayStation has outsold them. Um, but Xbox is in, in Microsoft. um they're going out and they're attacking this differently. Um, so Phil Spencer today and today is um, uh, Monday, February 12th when, when this is being recorded. Uh, but news came out today that, that Phil Spencer told employees that uh, Xbox is going to continue to make consoles. Um, I don't think that's going to be the case. And I think on the, on this podcast several months ago, uh, I, I, looked at what Microsoft was doing with the Xbox. Uh, and I, and I said that I wouldn't be surprised if 10 years from now, Xbox, the console didn't exist. And what you would have is Xbox, the gaming service, uh, the writings on the wall. And you just have to look at the things that Microsoft is doing. Um, forget what they're saying. Just look at what they're doing. Um, they have been going out of their way to purchase, uh, gaming companies. Um, uh, a lot of people say, well, that's, you know, for exclusives and whatnot. And that's certainly true. Um, but Xbox has, has done a lot of things recently. Of course, the big thing recently has been the Activision acquisition. Um, but look at the behavior of the Xbox. Um, the fact that right now, um, Xbox is more than just, uh, the console itself, if you have a gaming PC, you could have the Xbox app on your gaming PC and be playing games through the application. And I think that's the direction that Xbox wants to go, is just that they're going to acquire a whole bunch of different gaming companies, uh, and they're going to have their own service. You know, Netflix has shows and movies. Um, Xbox is going to have games, uh, and they are going to try to essentially outdo steam and they're going to get a whole bunch of exclusives that they can put on, you know, it's a, it's a monthly service that you can pay for. You could also buy games. Um, You can put the application on, you know, a console if they still offer consoles, but you can have the app on your computer. I think in the future, there's going to be that, that app is going to be able to be downloaded onto all sorts of different portable devices. We're, we're starting to see a surge in uh, portable gaming. Um, you know, like the the Steam Deck uh, has, you know, is, is you know relatively popular. There's competition for that. Um, so the, that's gained some uh, some interest and intrigue. I think I think Xbox would love to be able to put an app onto one of those devices so you can play games. Um, that's just, I think, the writing on the wall. I think, I think, and the thing is, is the Xbox, the consoles don't actually make, they don't make money. Uh, Microsoft does not sell those to make a profit. They don't make money off of Xboxes, the consoles. Microsoft makes money off of people buying games and uh, and subscribing to uh, the so Xbox is- Game Pass, right? That's where they make their money. They will they will happily sell Xboxes at a loss if it means getting twenty to thirty dollars from you a month. Mm-hmm. Um, you know that's <clears throat> that's worth it to them. 
and so they need to so they need to acquire uh more people to to be a part of the service um so i you know i want to get your feelings on that in a moment i i'm not sure i how i feel about this and i'm not i can't say i'm a big fan of microsoft's software in general Mm -hmm. Uh, before i get your feelings uh on it because i know you have some Mm -hmm. i will say that it kind of sounds like what i wish google would do (laughs) Just get out of the hardware game, you know. <laughs> right, uh, I like yeah. Google software. So. <laughs> so mm-hmm. Just just sell your Android services, your software, you know, on other platforms, the other devices that are far superior to yours. Mm-hmm. It, right. <laughs> this, this is where this would be a great cue for a. Well, well, the, right. Well, the, I mean, the, on the Google side, right, is this Google offers Android for free for yeah. whoever wants it. It's right. everyone else. Just get out of the way. Get out of the hardware game. Well, 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 get out of the hardware game. Yeah, but um, but that's a message to Samsung and OnePlus and you know anyone else that makes Android phones to stop you know molesting Android software and putting their own crap on it. But that's not the point of the question. Uh, back to to Xbox. Um, when you and I were talking about it earlier. Uh, and I said that my prediction is that, you know, in probably 10 years time, Xbox is going to be a service and you won't be able to buy an Xbox console. You said, you know, sad. I yeah. I think, and I would both agree and disagree. So Yeah, with nostalgia, of course. Right. So um, I wasn't a, an adopter of Xbox really until the Xbox 360 came out. Um, I had a PlayStation 2. I, I got a PlayStation 2 instead of the original Xbox when when uh when i got a console back in the day uh when the xbox 360 came out uh at around the same time as the playstation 3 um i was able to get my hands on an xbox 360 before i could get my hands on the playstation 3 and uh that machine just blew me away um i put so many hours into call of duty 2 and that game just blew me away just graphically Mm -hmm. Uh, and not only that, but Xbox Live was so superior to uh, any online offering from PlayStation uh, at the time. And since the Xbox 360, I've really been an Xbox guy. Um, I've still owned PlayStations, um, but I've really been more of an Xbox guy up until recently. Um, I ended up, well, so, you know, 2020 happened and you know, it was so hard to get your hands on an Xbox, you know, Series X or a PlayStation, yeah. you know, PS5, right? So. <laughs> right. So you and I were probably out looking to score an Xbox and just so happened to have a friend who was selling PlayStations. And so you we might hear this. On... He's, he's a subscriber. He's he is. Yeah. Thanks, yeah. Eric. <laughs> yeah. Eric, Eric, you, um, you're doing God's work, but, um, <laughs> Uh, but yeah, but thanks to thanks to our buddy Eric, we were able to uh, to acquire PlayStation Fives when they were so hard to get at the time, uh, and it was impossible to find either PlayStation Fives or Xbox Series Xs at the time. So um, <clears throat> it, it was a it was a crazy time. But any, anyway, um, but but now with the whole Xbox on computer thing and you know it's you know i pay for the service um you know so i have access to all sorts of different games on on it but you know the cool thing about being able to be with the services you know i got a kid who's into pal world and pal world's on xbox it's also on steam um but on on xbox i'm able to uh put the game on my xbox and also put the game on my computer and I can join her world. That's really, really cool. Um, And so she's been playing on the Xbox, and I'm playing on my computer. She also has a gaming computer that has the game on it as well, so sometimes she's in on her computer. Um, You know, but I can't do that with, you know, the PlayStation games. We have the one PlayStation, um, as opposed to uh, essentially three different Xboxes in the house right now. so I, I think, you know, the service cer- certainly has its its pros. And so while I'm kind of sad to, to 
eventually see the Xbox console get phased out. Um, I'm I'm super excited to be able to see what uh, Xbox games look like running f- through my gaming computer, which is way more expensive than an Xbox console and is way higher spec than an Xbox, uh, Xbox console. Uh, the downside to consoles in general is, um, you know, these are designed five, six, seven years before they're actually launched. And so uh, when consoles are launched into the public, um, they're already running hardware that's two years old at that point. Um, so you're not going to get uh, necessarily the latest uh, or, or have um, the highest uh, frame rates and, you know, details and, and texture and whatnot, you know. Um, I can I can tell you that running like a game like Red Dead Redemption uh, looks way better on my on my computer versus running it through a console. Now that's an older game, but but even with a, a newer game, you know, like a Pal World, which isn't that big of a game, um, you know, or you know, Call of Duty uh, is going to look a lot better on my gaming computer versus a console. And so if I can uh, if I can get an Xbox exclusive to play on my gaming computer and get that benefit because my computer is you know it's you know pretty well specced, that's just going to increase the the experience for me. It's going to be a better experience. So um, <clears throat> I don't think Xbox is wrong by heading in the current direction um, that's going in, um, but you know as a segue to the the other thing that you and I were going to talk about too, is, is this puts into question about ownership and game ownership. So when, when you're paying for a service. Yeah. I mean, it, I have a lot of, different, I, my mind goes in a lot of different directions um, with things that could happen with this. Mm-hmm. Um, it, I have a lot of concerns one thing I'm wondering, another little bit of a rabbit hole is, if if uh, if PlayStation, you, you said Xbox is is not making its money on the console. What about PlayStation? Does it does it uh, have a different model, or do you think it's the same thing? I'm I'm fairly positive. So, uh, PlayStation, Sony is just now starting to get onto the PC bandwagon. Um, Hellriders Two is, I believe, a Sony game. Um, and so you can get that game on PlayStation. You can also get it through like steam. Um, but the thing with Sony as well is, is they make money off of selling games and also selling, you know, PlayStation was it PlayStation plus. Um, so it's also service based. That's how they're making money. Kind of trying to visualize how this is going to end up if they, I mean, we're we're way ahead of ourselves, I suppose, but. Is, so can can I can I give have... you a, a can I give you another example of this practice? Yeah. Okay, so, um, so I back way back in the day, I used to work for for Staples. I also worked for Best Buy for a bit. Um, so, uh, if you go to anywhere and buy a printer, um, whether it's from HP or Canon, brother, um, when you buy that printer off the shelf, um. Uh, that company's lost money. Uh, HP does not sell uh, printers to make money off them. They sell those printers at a loss. What they want you to do is is they want to get an affordable price because where they make their money is on ink. That's where they make their money. This is why HP is so uh, anti-consumer with their ink practices and and why uh, they have chips... Uh, like serialized chips on the cartridges of ink uh, to prove authenticity because uh, if you try to uh, put a non-HP genuine ink cartridge into a HP printer, it it throws up red flags and you can't use it. Um, HP makes their money off of ink sales because they know that you'll have to come back. It's it's a residual income for them because, uh, you know, like food, you know, they know that you're going to run out. So... Um, so the gaming, so console companies are operating basically under the same assumption as, is that they're going to 
essentially make consoles and sell them either at or a little bit lower than cost because they know that, especially in Xbox's case, they really throw down the Xbox Game Pass at you. Uh, They want you to sign up for that service because it's a residual income. They want to get money for it. You know, uh, do you do you want to do you want a hundred dollar profit on an Xbox or would you rather so they your your clientele pay you twenty dollars a month for the next ten years, fifteen years? You know what what kind of profit is that going to be? So I just thought I'd throw that at you at you as far as the practice. Yeah. I'm wondering <laughs> if uh, if PlayStation what they'll do if 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 the Xbox disappeared if that creates an opportunity for them or not. Uh, well, I would imagine that I would imagine it would give them an opportunity. At the same time, you know, there's you know, there's the Nintendo aspect too. You know, it's um, it's weird because both of them operate in different spaces, right? Yeah. Like they they're both gaming. You know, the PlayStation and the Nintendo Switch are both consoles, um, but how both companies do business and even the game selections between the two are so different. Um, (laughs) We're not here to rant about Nintendo, but I'd love to dedicate an episode to ranting about (laughs) Nintendo. Um, (laughs) Yeah. That is a rabbit hole for sure. (laughs) That, yeah. Never anyone. Yeah. Yeah. Nintendo to me has been um, like 20 years or yeah, about 20, 25 years of disappointment to me. But, mm-hmm. um, uh, but, but like I yeah, said, it's, ever since you know, that first console that was so sweet, right? <laughs> well, you're going to get me to go on this. <laughs> okay. I look, Nintendo was, that was my first console. I think it yeah, was everybody. It was almost everybody's first console, right? Yeah. So, I, you know, growing up, my the first console that we got when I was a kid was the Super Nintendo. Before that, my experience to gaming was uh, I had a Commodore 64, um, but I also uh, I had a daycare that I went to when I was when I was really little. We're talking like four, five, six, seven years old. Um, and at that daycare, there was an NES. And so uh, I'm very familiar with the NES. So I was so excited when we got a, a SNES. Um, and then in like 90, I think it was 96, we got the Nintendo 64. And my God, that was just so mind blowing to, you know, 11 year old me uh, seeing 3D games. You know, we're talking like Mario 64, um, you know, Ocarina of Time. Uh, Banjo and Kazooie, um, gosh, what a whole bunch of uh, games. Um, I'm a big baseball nut, so uh, Ken Griffey uh, had a couple games on there. Uh, it, it was a hell of a system. Uh, spent hours upon hours upon hours playing Nintendo 64. I probably put more hours into Nintendo 64 then I put into the Xbox 360, Xbox One, and Xbox Series X combined. Um, so, it, but Nintendo has just like refused to grow up with me, and so uh, when I wasn't eleven anymore, and I was, you know, seventeen. Uh, and PlayStation 2 and Xbox are out, and they're offering games like Halo. Um, you know, but Nintendo wants to stick with... Um, <laughs> they went from, an, like, an adult version of... Uh, uh, well, like, a kid and adult version of, like, their Zelda games. So you had, like, uh, Ocarina of Time and then Majora's Mask. Um, and then to go to the next Zelda thing, which a lot of people liked, but it was like this cartoon, cartoony version of Kid Zelda. To me, it was like a kiddie game. It was, <clears throat> it was not interesting at all compared to what Xbox and PlayStation Two had to offer. And Nintendo has 
gone from like trailblazing to like always two steps behind when it comes to everyone else when it comes to uh what it can what their systems can do you know graphically or what their games really demand and i know a lot of people point to how crazy the latest Zelda game is and how well it runs considering how bad the Nintendo Switch hardware is and, you know, good for the Zelda creators. But um, the, the Nintendo just has not grown up. They, they have abandoned me as a gamer uh, to focus on my kids. And the biggest problem that I see with them right now is my kids don't ask about Nintendo at all. So I don't know how Nintendo is doing so well because Nintendo has lost me as as a gamer, as a consumer, um, and my kid, uh, my kids. So I, you know, I have a, I have a world. <laughs> well, so so I have a so I have a two year old, and you know, he plays Forza, um, and and my seven year old, who's going to be eight shortly. She she is obsessed with Minecraft and she's obsessed with Power World, which really is probably grinding the gears of Nintendo execs right now. Yeah. <laughs> um. So, is, but the thing is, is I own a Nintendo Switch, right? So N- Nintendo got me, right? Except the fact that I'm not buying any games for it. Uh, I, you know, I'm not spending any money on a service for them. Um. You know, so. You know, they, they, they could have had me and, you know, my kids know that we have a Nintendo Switch. None of them, neither of them play it. The whole reason why I have a Nintendo Switch is because I was hoping that they would get into Mario Kart. Uh, because mm. I was yeah, really we, into, so I was too. really, yeah. right? So, yeah. yeah we, have, I, we, I, have, we have the Wii. Um, okay. That's yeah. the last console I bought. And we, we that's what we do is with Mario Kart. Mm-hmm. I, I, well, actually, we've bought a few Wiis. So that's <laughs> we just replace the Wii. Stick with that. <laughs> yeah. So. so and I totally get it. I had a I had a Wii once too, and I think I bought a total of five games for it. I think I bought like Smash Brothers, Mario Kart, and then we had like oh. the sports game, and that was it. That was the only intrigue I had with that system. Never got a Wii U. Um, got the Switch um, shortly after one of the kids was born, I believe. Um, and, uh, you know, because I was really into Mario Kart, I'd hope they would get into Mario Kart. Uh, my son probably could still get into Mario Kart because he's in the cars, but you know, he's playing Forza on Xbox. (laughs) He's not (laughs) playing Mario Kart. Right. (laughs) Uh, and you know, my, my daughter, you know, you know, sometimes she's just like, what about that Mario game? And I was like, oh yeah, you can play it. Go grab the Nintendo. And she's like, what's that? That should speak volumes <laughs> for Nintendo right now. That my seven-year-old has no idea what the hell Nintendo is, uh, and I, and so I, I question it. If, am I the only person who's like this? Because I know I'm not the only dad around. Um, no. You know, have have other gamers left Nintendo behind in favor of? Uh, more games that cater to them in their ages, um, you know, and, you know, are your kids interested in Nintendo games or are they, you know, seeing what you're playing on? You're, they see you on the Xbox or the PlayStation or on your computer, um, you know, are are they going to be into Forza and Power World? Like, because that's what my kids are into, you know, they're Nintendo age right now and neither of them neither of them care about Nintendo. They could not tell you what Nintendo is. Uh, you know, they both love the Super Mario movie, have no idea that that's based off of a game. <laughs> so, um, uh, yeah, so, uh, you know, you know, 10 years from now, is Nintendo gonna, is Nintendo gonna, what, what is Nintendo gonna be in 10 years and in, in 20 years? I don't know. Um, hmm. So, so that's the light version of my my rage against Nintendo. We might need to change the title of this podcast to forecast. To fuck it. Forecasting get get the gaming future. So, yeah. Goodbye, goodbye, Xbox consoles, but not Xbox itself, and then just uh, sign our to to Nintendo 
and probably good riddance at this point. But seriously, though, Nintendo really bothers me with not just not growing up with me as the gamer that was so invested in them back in the 90s, but also because they, they come out with consoles that are just turd buckets. Like, <laughs> I do not care about the Nintendo Switch at all. It does it does nothing for me. And the fact that they, they, they come out with a with the Nintendo Switch, and I believe it was like the first console that they have that could output in 1080p, which is something that the, 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 the 360 could do back in like 2005. I mean, what, what are you, what are you doing, Nintendo? You're not wowing me. Uh, I'm a, I'm an aesthetics guy. I want to be wowed with the visuals. I know some people were really wowed with, uh, with, uh, I think it was Breath of the Wild, the, the, the Zelda game. I played some Switch games. I'm not wowed at all with the graphics. Um, to me, it looks like games that were made 10, 15 years ago. Um, you know, congratulations. It, it's a small device that can now put in 1080p. That's great. I have 4K televisions. My PlayStation and my Xbox and my computer can all output into 4K and in some cases 8K when we're talking about my computer. Though that's neither here nor there. But so I've got a podcast poll. Um, okay. So I want to I want to hear from the from anyone that's listening. Uh, you know, we've kind of given our opinion. What what consoles should go or what uh, yeah what consoles should go away? What companies should uh, remain or go away? I think that's a good uh, poll. Um, and something I think we might discuss in the future, maybe a future podcast. Um, maybe we'll give some ratings to different companies. Um, what we were hoping our podcast was going to be about was um, kind of companies and tech and and ownership of, of of things and can we own things in a digital age and that kind of thing. And mm-hmm. I think uh, maybe we'll put it off for a future podcast, but we can kind of rate companies on this too. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, this might help us get to that topic a little bit more than, than it has been. Um, mm-hmm. Before the podcast, you were mentioning something about uh, Ubisoft, Ubisoft, and, and executive. Yeah, Ubisoft. Yeah, so, tell me what they were so, saying. So, so Ubisoft, I, I want to say it was a few weeks ago at this point, but one of the execs at Ubisoft, um, uh, I believe the quote was, get comfortable not owning games. Um, yeah, yeah, and again, that's... this this goes with the, with the whole gaming services, and... Yeah, I have thoughts on that. Yeah, um, I hope it's not just us. That's like, I hope that negatively impacts the rest of you. <laughs> that's so, I'm not cool with that. I don't know about you guys. So, well, so the the thing is, I hope that we can do both, right? Mm-hmm. At least choose. I think choice is a good thing, right? Because I talked about the Xbox service and how it's great that I can be able to put a game onto you know, basically three different computers in my house. Right. So, so with the service, um, you know, I, I can, I can play with my kid and whatnot and we have access to a whole library of games. Right. Um, at the same time, uh, I want to be able to own my game as well. If I so choose, right. I want, so if I want to spend $30 on pal world, uh, I feel like I should be able to do that and own it, and yeah, without it I, disappearing anytime. Without it, right? Without it disappearing, uh, because the, you know, the big concern that I have is, is uh, you know, I I feel like if I if I buy a game, I first should be able to download it. It shouldn't be like, unless it's like, this game will only work online because it's an online type of game. I feel like I should be able to download it onto my computer and play it whenever I want. Um, but the other, the other issue is, is um, uh, what's to stop that's if that service goes defunct, or what's to stop that service from preventing me from downloading that game in the future? Right. So if I purchase Pal World today um, for thirty dollars and I download it on my computer. But five years from now, I upgrade my computer or 
something happens and I and I lose the the files, maybe they get corrupted or whatever, and I need to re-download the game. The Xbox is like, I'm sorry, we don't offer this game anymore. Well, I paid thirty dollars to own the game. Where's my game, right? So, um, and this is where um, you know, you know, Ubisoft is like, well, get you get comfortable not owning games because everyone wants to go to the service, you know, subscription based services. Uh, Origin, which is, uh, I think they're a distributor for EA games. They're going to stop. Uh, they're going to go digital only versus physical games. Um, yeah, I, um, I, I don't think it's a good, this, this is good. Um, that's yeah, not a good concept, not a good book on so <clears throat> It's not a good, well, anytime any company comes out and they're like, we'll just, you know, get used down. to not you know, <laughs> look. Get just get get used to giving us money and oh, you know us giving you nothing, nothing in return. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, and this this goes into like to the right to repair and, and that whole thing, which we'll probably probably this point save for another another conversation. Yeah, I'm looking at a list and I'm thinking we'll probably not get to a lot of this, but probably you know probably not get to that. But but on the game side. Um, yeah, if, if I spend, if I give Microsoft money, 30 bucks for Pal World, or if I go to Steam and buy a game for X amount of dollars, um, you know, I, I feel like I should own that game and, you know, forever and either, either they in, ensure that I have access to download that game whenever I need to, uh, or, or give me some sort of way where I can easily uh put that game into some sort of physical copy right um it, i think you know it's 2024 it's ridiculous for me to demand that i be able to burn uh a blu-ray or a or a dvd right for these games you know physical games but if they had it where it was a very easy option to download uh the game onto a thumb drive um i think that that would be great, you know, and I get the whole piracy issues and what's to stop me from selling, you know, from taking, the, you know, my, my $30 purchase to Pal World and then downloading a copy onto 45 different thumb drives and then just handing those thumb drives to my friends so they can put it on their computers. So I, I kind of, I, I get the, the piracy, um, but there's, there's ways around that too. Um, I just, I, I feel like, uh companies are are just they're they're slowly getting people to just come to the acceptance that ownership is just no longer going to be a thing and that we're just gonna be okay with them giving it temporary to us up in butts, right temporary contracts right just uh <laughs> just a indefinite us giving them money for whatever reason um yeah, it, it, it's it's not good. It's not just in games. This is everywhere else. Um, you know, the part of our talking point was going to be in the right to repair, and we we're going to talk about like uh, Hyundai and and uh, you know they'll sell you a a, a Ionic five for fifty five thousand dollars, but if you run over a lumber and you need a new battery, it's sixty thousand dollars for the battery plus labor. Uh, that's uh, that's that's just crazy. Um, we were going to talk a little bit about Samsung and and people saying, "Hey, because Samsung uh, Galaxy AI is a new thing." Um, you know, is Samsung going to charge us in the future to be able to use that technology? And they said, "No, sort of. <laughs> <laughs> it's 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 yours so, to use yeah, for two years for to free." Two years. We're committed for, for two years for free, um, uh, and which which to me sounds like that's oddly that's a weirdly specific number two years, which sounds like a two year contract kind of. It goes along the lines with the two year contracts. So when you're when you're uh, up for a new phone and you want to use the AI features, well, you better get yourself a new phone. And so that it just becomes another residual income for them, um, you know. So. 
Yeah, I mean, the AI thing has turned some heads, and Galaxy AI is, is, is pretty cool. It uses Gemini, um, Google. And so um, and I do have a slight defense to uh, for Samsung, but but I, I would say that, yeah, that's concerning um, to your thing. thing and and uh, it's yeah. trying to just stomach it. <laughs> it's... it's, it's um, they they have already kind of. They're tying it to, to the Qualcomm processors, and and that's, you know, there's a lot of truth to that, but that's also concerning because if you if you have a legitimate reason, that's only I was asking you before this podcast, how would they pull that off, you know, to to not to suddenly not allowing this kind of thing, and I don't think they really could necessarily end all services on your current phone that that sounds far-fetched but i would say that it sounds like they're tying in these features to to um to the processor so they're going to probably tell you i kind of see them in the future two years let's say to 2025 or whatever is 2026 or something um Mm -hmm. coming out with the new phone and saying we have all these new ai features um, some of those features you're only going to get on new processors and maybe some of these old features as well have gotten more improved. We've improved some of these AI features and you, we're no longer offering the older services, which, you know, again, all of this sounds plausible and, and scary. Where mm-hmm. my defense would come from for Samsung would be, there's some, there's some talk about the third party aspect of that. And it's true that like Samsung is not, they partner with Google. They are not Google. So mm-hmm. it's realistic to say, hey, if some of our features are coming from Gemini or from Google, we can't indefinitely secure um, rights to that for our customers. That's not really a, a, a fair ask from, from consumers to say, hey, um, I, I, I deserve these AI features. Um, but I, they do, don't get me wrong. But, you know, if, mm-hmm. if something happens to Google, I mean, who knows? So it's outside of Samsung's control a little bit, I would say. Yeah. My my only defense for, for it versus, like, the car battery issue uh, is... Um, you know, a lot of what we're talking about is services, right? So whether it's uh, Galaxy AI and new features coming out and improvements being made constantly, right, to uh, paying for Xbox Live and constantly getting new access to games um, to, you know, Netflix as well. Um, All this new stuff, you know, um, eventually it's all going to be AI that's creating all this content for us. And we're just not going to need people to do any creation anymore. But before then, um, you know, all of this, all of this improvement has to come from somewhere. You know, it's somebody's R and D department. Uh, you know, those teams need money, right? And so, the services pay for that. Unlike the, um, you know, the the battery deal. Um, you know, it, that's a fixed cost. Um, you know, you know, you and I talked about BMW and how, uh, you know, it, like BMW was going to make it so they could turn off your heated seats feature if you don't pay their like $20 a month BMW fee. Um, like, like the heated seats are already in the car. Like that's, that's, that's not somebody in some service center that needs to get paid, you know, to be able to turn on your heated seats. Right. Um, so, um, you know, I, I get why when it comes to certain services, why, yeah, why something wouldn't be free indefinitely, but, but at the same time, you know, as we're paying not $300 for smartphones, like we were, you know, a decade ago, you were paying $1,300 for these phones. You would think that a lot of the R and D costs would be part of that cost because, Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you know, uh, I, I, I saw a thing recently on Apple, um, you know, Apple, 
uh, to to actually produce an iPhone at, at the factory, it costs them like ten dollars to to make an iPhone, um, right? But they sell it to you for a thousand dollars or thirteen hundred dollars. So where's that all all that profit money go? Well, um, you know the 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 factory process might be ten dollars to you know, $10 of material and labor to build a single iPhone, right? And, and they can build thousands of iPhones per day at these factories. Um, but a lot of that has to go into the R&D, right? The research and development. And so, you know, Apple is constantly investing billions of dollars into research and development. You know, somebody's got to pay, you know, the Apple engineers. Um, so where's that money coming from? Well, it's... You know, that's why they're charging an astronomical amount of money for these devices. Um, but at the same time, I think that, like like I said, a decade ago, um, you know, iPhones weren't $1,300. They were, you know, three, four, five hundred dollars $500. And so uh, inflation has gone up, but it hasn't gone up quite like that. Um, manufacturing processes have gotten better, not worse, mm -hmm. over the last decade. Um, so you would think that... Um, that these that these features that we're getting should be included in in the device for whatever the average life for whatever the life the lifespan of that device should be right. Which uh, most companies right now are are saying, you know, end of life is at six years, seven years. So um, I think that would be more appropriate, but you know. Samsung says no. You know your your S twenty four the it's end of life in seven years, but you're only good for two years worth of these services. Yeah, that is an interesting point. I thought of, I almost brought that up the seven point of oh, the seven year. Uh, it's like a guarantee there for updates and things. So that's, right, that's but, interesting. But it's they're only contrast there. But <laughs> it is, right, right, because it's like well, all right. So you know, you know, we'll cover security, right? So you can have half functionality of your phone for seven years uh, and full functionality for two. So, you well, know, hopefully that's not the case, but it, it is a little concerning. It is concerning, especially because <laughs> it, if we keep going down this road, what's the stop, um, you know, companies, whether it's Samsung or maybe it's a carrier who offers a specific service to just be like, okay, well on your S 30, um, you know, it's got a cool camera feature, but we're just going to shut it off after two years. And, <laughs> yeah. and, and it's... you can no longer take AI images of the moon. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, you, you, you can only take, you know, five megapixel pictures and no, no editing or <laughs> and no, right. No, no editing, nothing after once you own the device for two years or whatever, or, <laughs> or, 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 or something like, so, right, so you pay your cell phone bill, but then Samsung also wants you to buy the Samsung Galaxy bill. And so now you're paying 100 bucks a month for your cell phone plus 30 bucks a month for your Samsung yeah, that's... service. <laughs> is, that, yeah. is that what life is going to be like in two years? <laughs> is that what Samsung's going to do? Oh, look, you're... Look, if you if you go ahead and upgrade to your S twenty six, you'll get you know two years free AI services. But if you want to continue using the AI stuff on your S twenty four that you bought two, 20 years ago, that's well, it's nine ninety nine per month. Oh boy, oh, I really hope I'm not Nostradamus on this. <laughs> you yeah, heard it you know I was. You heard it yeah, here first. There's there's right. gonna be galaxy plans in the future. You know, Samsung and I mentioned galaxy to plans. you. I'm hoping. I don't know if we if we have it in us to turn this into a positive conversation. But I was kind of wondering before we started the podcast what what kind of things we can do as consumers, and you know, I don't think it's all negative. I think there's been so many times. In, in history um, where consumers have made a, a positive impact um, and have guided some of these things when we've when we've seen you know a bad dystopia in our future 
and we've and we've made corrections. You know, I kind of mentioned a bunch of health type of examples, which I don't know anything about, but you know, different times where we saw, um, you know, things in our food that we didn't like, and as consumers, we're like, okay, we got to do something about this. You know, not long ago we didn't have all these ingredient lists, and now we we've, we've we've made it mandatory. You know, I don't know the process of how that happened, but where we can see what's in our food now, you know, um, and little by little, we, we have some progress in that, in that, uh, field. Um, I don't have any tech examples, but go well, ahead. you could throw, to, you could throw tobacco into that, right? Yeah. It's, oh, that's another huge one, a little further yeah. back, but you know, we didn't know what, what tobacco could do, you know, and you know, eventually we did know and, but, but it wasn't being, and now, and now we know it's on every, it's on every, all the tobacco It shows what it can do. Um, the mm. warnings there for us. So, and, and everyone knows it. So that, yeah, those are huge wins. Um, there's so many more. Um, and I'm sure there are some wins in the tech field. There needs to be more, I, I would argue. Um, so as so we're, well, AI we're, becomes... we're, we're, we're seeing right to repair um, mm -hmm. become a bigger movement. Yeah. Like every, you know, every couple of months, you know, very slowly right to repair is getting some wins. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think, um, right to repair only addresses a very a, a small so, issue. Yeah. Um, yeah, we talked about maybe changing the title right to ownership, but that's not right that's to, yeah, right to, right to ownership. <laughs> but, quite ring the same, but well, the, the thing with, with right, the right to repair movement is, um, it's, it's a name that doesn't really impact you until it, until you're the victim of something, yeah. right? <laughs> right. Until you're the victim. Um, whether you are the repair guy who wants to be able to repair, you know, an HP machine or an Apple iPhone, but yeah. you know, big daddy Apple doesn't want you to do that. Um, or you're a consumer and you are trying to get, you know, your neighbor to fix your device who yeah. does it for a living. Mm -hmm. um, but they can't get a part for whatever reason, you know, because of, you know, big daddy Apple or, uh, or, you know, name any other big tech company that's, that's right. preventing stuff like that, or, you know, a farming company like John Deere. So, um, but we're, we're starting to see positive movement with right to repair, but really the issue is ownership. And, um, as, as much as I don't like getting government involved, you know, I, I do think that this is eventually going to have, I think it's going to have to go there. I think um, as a society, we're going to have to put our foot down and say, no, um, our economy runs off, you know, we have a capitalist economy, you know, it's all based off of goods and services and, you know, the exchange, the free exchange of money. And that's the, the definition of, of ownership is I use if you sell me something, if you say that this iPhone costs $1,300 and I give you $1,300, I own everything about that iPhone, uh, you know, the hardware and, you know, maybe not license. And of, of course the license to the software on said iPhone or, you know, Samsung or, you know, Google pixel or whatever the, the case may be. But once I own it, it's on me to do whatever it is that I want to do with it. If I want to, if I want to skip my iPhone down the road, I can do that. If I want to fix it myself or hire neighbor Jimmy to fix it for me, I should be able to do that. Uh, and, and yeah, the liability would be on me should something go wrong. Um, but if I own, I, I should be able to do what I want with whatever it is that I own and sort of harming I mean, another person, of course. Sure, well, yeah, <laughs> sure. Right. I, well, you know, I can own a gun as soon as I shoot somebody, it's a problem, right? right? Legally. Yeah. But, um, but, it, but yeah, if, if I buy my house, I should be able to paint it whatever color I want. Um, you know, if, if I buy an iPhone, I should, and, and I break it, I should be able to give it to whomever to fix. Um, so, uh, but, but this goes beyond tech. The whole race to repair thing goes way beyond tech. This is, this is a car and, you know, a car issue now. Um, and it's, it, 
it shows other flaws in other systems, right? I mean, you can look into like HOAs and how HOAs have just like unlimited power. Um, and it's absolutely crazy what an HOA can do after you own your house. So, uh, yeah, I think as a society, um, it, it probably needs to start with local laws first before it gets up to, um, you know, the federal government, which is usually of, of no help, but, um, but yeah, I think people need to, you need to get with your right to repair movement, get with, um, get with your local politicians and start expanding the language to not just repair, um, but to actually define what ownership should be. That's, that's what I think. But, but like I said, um, you wanted to end this on a positive note. The positive note is, is that right to repair is gaining a lot of traction. Um, there's still a long way to go. There's still politicians that are gutting these bills, uh, and manipulating to the point where a lot of these right to repair bills, um, just, uh, become useless like in New York. But, um, but at least people are, are talking about it a lot more now than they were like four years, four years ago. <clears throat> you got anything to add to that or can we end it there? We can probably end it. Um, there's things we haven't gone over, but uh, I think, uh, I think like you said, well, like I was talking about, we can we can uh, future podcast some of this stuff. Um, I do want to talk about uh, different companies, and instead of just ranting, maybe the next podcast we're going to go ahead and uh, give some give some scores to some of these companies for for how they're doing in, in regards to ownership. <laughs> Yep. So stay tuned. We're going to rate some companies. People seem to like it when we rate companies. Uh, we've done yeah. it a couple of times with, uh, with cell phones and this, this one will, will, will go beyond just cell phones, but, um, we'll talk about that in another future, out, uh, episode. I want to talk about, um, some, uh, some AI stuff. Uh, some people seem to think AI talk is boring, but this one specifically I think is, really interesting it's also super terrifying uh but if you're into ai and you're into minecraft and you're into uh what would happen if you took uh ai uh robots and matrix and put it all together uh, what would you get we're going to talk about that maybe maybe on the next one maybe on the one after that i don't know we'll see but uh thanks for listening <laughs>